Good evening, passengers. This is your captain speaking. And I'm making this announcement to inform you that on this flight, we will be serving a special dish. Roast duck. Have a nice flight. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What's Good in Hockey? So we have quite a bit to get to today. First, we'll be talking about the Blackhawks game against the Anaheim Ducks, the Nashville Predators' efforts to help citizens and residents of Nashville after the tornado that has killed multiple people. My prayers go out to the city of Nashville. As well as a game from last night, March third to be March second, rather to be precise, that I found to be quite interesting and quite hilarious. Hint: It's the Nashville game. So. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Or rather, the podcast. I guess I'll give me a show too, whatever. So, the first thing we're going to talk about is the game. In case you're not aware, the Blackhawks have wrapped up a 6-2 win against the Anaheim Ducks, the lowly team that's pretty much at the bottom of the standings. Now, one thing I will say is that the Blackhawks' performance kind of surprised me, but at the same time, the score, 6-2, was, wasn't exactly far-fetched. See, the Ducks are quite a bad team this year. They're like one of the worst teams. In fact, on Twitter, I saw someone refer to the Ducks as a beer league team. And they might as well be with what they showed in this game. I mean, they showed offensive, like, they showed offensive prowess. Like, they got a bunch of shots on net. Corey Crawford had to make, had to make 37 saves to win this game, after all. But the Hawks also came to play in terms of offense. They got 40 shots. But the difference between the Hawks and the Ducks? Corey Crawford made 37 saves. Again, another great performance. See, this is what I'm saying by Corey Crawford's a great goaltender. He just is. But the Ducks used both of their goalies, Ryan Miller and John Gibson. And in terms of everything, five of those goals were led in by Gibson and one by Miller. The Ducks made, in total, between the two goalies, 34 saves against 40 shots. So that's six goals for the Hawks, 6-2. to And one player, I think, that has really come out to play in this game was Dylan Strome. He seemed to have hit a slump somewhat. I mean, he also, he was also, he's also been, he was also out quite a bit with injury this season. But come, he's come back. And he really came to shine today. He scored two goals and also notched an assist. He really had a day today. And uh, among those among those goals was among the, his second goal of the game was the first of three goals scored in according to NHL.com, two minutes and fifty three seconds. And this is a good way to start the uh, homestand. Which isn't going to be very long. And it's also a good win for the Hawks. Granted, it's against a bad team, but anyone's a good win. Especially when it comes to, you know, if they really want to make a push for the playoffs. I mean, this... uh, I mean, this win could show that the Hawks are really trying to make things happen in terms of playoff spots. 
and playoff and the playoff push. The fact that uh, a lot of the remaining schedules against teams that really don't have a chance at uh, competing for a playoff spot also kind of aids the Hawks. They don't really have that high of a strength of schedule, as far as I'm concerned. I've taken a look at their schedule, and a lot of the uh, teams are either out of action completely or very close to it. They're playing some good teams, like they're playing the Blues one more time, and they're playing the Predators one more time. But most of the teams are just not good, and that might help the Hawks try and make a push for a playoff spot. But then again, it might it might make us look closer to success than we might actually be. I mean, that's what a lot of people are saying. Like, a lot of people are saying that last year's playoff push wasn't good for the team because it made us look closer to success than we actually are. I mean, the Hawks came very darn close to making the playoffs last year, but they didn't do it. The Hawks have had really have had some ups and downs this season. But to be honest, if there's a time that the Hawks, you know, are to make an actual playoff push, like to actually make it into the playoffs, now would probably be the time. I mean, it's not impossible. And the Hawks have certainly increased their chances with, th- with three straight wins. So it it's not it's not impossible, but honestly, some people don't think the risk should be taken to actually try and make the playoffs. It might not even come up. It might not even come out fruitful. Fruitful. As well, that's a lot of people are concerned about. Okay, so let's take a look at some individual performances. That's, we already know how Strom and Crawford did. They both played excellently. For the Hawks, Patrick Kane and Alex Nylander both had two points, a goal and assist each. Kirby Dock got an assist. David Kampf got a goal. Matthew Highmore got an assist. He's had a, he's, he had a pretty good game, I'd say. Kubelik was left without a point, but, I, but I'm pretty sure we all still love him. Duncan Keith got an assist. Adam Boquist got two assists, and uh, Lucas Carlson got one assist. For the uh, Ducks, Delorier got uh, one assist, and so did Milano. Rowney got a goal. His goal was actually the last goal that the Ducks would score. That was in the third period that got the deficit divided to two. Strangely, new uh, acquisition Backus didn't get a point, but I don't, I don't really know. Heinen got a goal. He was he scored the Ducks other goal. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Jews, D J O O S scored one, got one assist, and so did Larson. And the goaltenders were not that great. Well, Miller had a point nine three eight save percentage, but Gibson had point seven nine two, and that's really low. He played the he played two periods. That was just really that's just but that's a really really low save percentage. That's just poor poor excuse. I'm sorry to say. I mean, I hate criticizing goaltenders' performances because their goal their job is quite possibly the most difficult in hockey. They have to face shot after shot after shot. But you know, when you're a caliber an NHL caliber goaltender, the worst that could be probably considered like at all like. At like being a shred of good is probably point eight eight five zero. Letting lower than that, and it's just a bad performance. Maybe it just wasn't Gibson's day. Corey Crawford, on the other hand, had the highest save percentage of all goaltenders, point nine point nine four nine. 
Corey Crawford played almost the whole game. Malcolm Subban played a minute 10 because people, because people on the Hawks bench thought that uh, Crawford might have had a concussion. It turned out he didn't. Subban didn't face any shots, so he has no save percentage. He played a minute 10. That was his first time even on ice as a Hawk. They might get his first start soon because right, the Hawks have soon have a game against Edmonton and then a game in Detroit the next day. I'm assuming the Hawks will probably start shooting against Detroit because it's Detroit. Honestly, I have to say that the Hawks did pretty well. Their offense showed a lot of prowess and their defense actually looked not terrible. I mean, they did allow 39 shots on goal, so I guess that's not all that great. But honestly, if this is how the Hawks played every game, I honestly wouldn't mind the defense not being the best. I mean, if this was every game, then that would be so. That would be great. I mean, of course, it's Anaheim. They're not the Blues or the Bruins or the, or the Bolts. But to me, that doesn't really all that matter all that much. Well, actually, it does matter quite a bit. But uh, if we played every game like this, we'd probably win a lot more games than we have this season. We've won 30 games, which isn't terrible. I mean, that's probably going to be more games than the Red Wings are going to win all season. I mean, it certainly is. Because the Wings are just going to keep losing and losing and losing. They're like the Warriors. They're terrible. And speaking of the Warriors, am I the only one who's taking, like, this losing, like, this Warriors losing, like, at least a little too gleefully? Like, I'm a Bulls fan. So the Warriors haven't really wronged me in this past decade. But I think it's kind of awesome to see Titans fall. And, like, like to historic, like to really low lows. And back to hockey. So the, if the Hawks played like this, they'd probably win quite a few more games than they they have been. They might actually be even closer in the conversation. They might even be. They might have even be, been like been fighting for a playoff spot right now. I mean, I'm prob- one big reason. I mean, of course, one big reason that they've scored that they scored as many any as many goals as they did was because the Ducks are terrible. Their defense is terrible. Their goaltending is terrible. It's all terrible. It's absolute. It's a. It's a garbage. It's a garbage show. It's a circus. Step right up to the Anaheim Circus, my friends. <laughs> but uh, honestly, this drive could lead this team somewhere. Maybe not this year. I mean, it could be this year. Who knows? But next year, if this team has the drive that they showed in this game, then they could make the playoffs next year. But it also all depends on how free agency goes and if the team is more or less together, if players remain healthy over the summer, if players who are free agents decide to stay or leave, the trades the Hawks make, and the Hawks usually make trades over the summer, sometimes big ones. But uh, we'll see what happens with the Hawks. We'll see what happens this season. We'll see what happens next season. Drake Ajula got got a goal. That's awesome. Drake Ajula's on. Drake Ajula's honestly an underrated player, to be honest. Yeah, he was one of the goal scorers. Neilander was also one of the goal scorers. I also mentioned him. 
And so it's comp. A lot of the players who don't really score all that much came out to play today, and that really, that's really a good thing in my opinion. It means they're all capable of contributing to the team. That's good. That's good. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is the uh, horrible, horrible situation in Nashville. So, uh, so first, let's start off with an update about everything. According to NBC News, tw- like at least twenty four people were like killed and everything. Like it directly fa- affected the Nashville area. Thousands are without power. Scores more are injured. It's just a horrible situation all around in Nashville. My heart really goes out to them. I'm, I'll be praying for them tonight. And everyone's just in a bad situation. The president has taken notice of this situation. And, apparently, so have the Nashville Predators. According to NHL.com, the uh, Predators have started raising awareness for this um, entire thing. They've started... Um, you know, directing people to charities, and they started doing all that sort of thing. But the, but one big thing they did, they've done is they've opened Bridgestone Arena. That's their home. That's their home ice. Their home arena, and they've started giving pizza out, like feeding pizza to uh, all the people who've been affected. Honestly, I really like this gesture. It shows that the Predators organization cares about their city. They care about their city. Like, for example. General Manager David Poile said, like, as in terms of, according to NHL.com, this is what he said, in terms of, like, Tennessee, it's called the Volunteer State. I didn't know what that meant when I got to Nashville. I just knew it was the Vols from this, it was the Vols. And by Vols, he means the uh, Tennessee Vols, the Volunteers, the University of Tennessee. But it's a state that the people really support each other. So I really think this will be a huge undertaking by the whole community to come out and to come out to get everything right and to help everybody. John Hines, the Predators coach, also CoreyNHL.com, said, For us, it's our community. We certainly feel for the, for the community. And I think most importantly, the families and the people that are affected by it. We're going to do all that we can as an organization and a team to try to help people that are in need and hopefully things turn out for the best. Honestly, this is the biggest good guy alert I've seen all year. It's not just a good guy alert, it's a good team alert. I mean, I know sports have been like used to raise awareness in the community and to help communities. Like two big examples I know of are the uh is like the uh sports alliance in Chicago. Like all five teams, the Bears, the Bulls, the Cubs, the Sox, and the Hawks. They've all signed on to help stop, you know, gang violence, gun violence in the cities, in the gangs, in, this, in the city. And that's, that's a great thing that they're trying to do. And another thing that I remember, well, not necessarily intentional, but it still serves a purpose, was when the Tigers won the World Series in 1968, the Detroit Tigers... Like, a year before in 67, Detroit had seen a race riot, like a huge race riot, like the deadliest riot in U.S. history up to that point. And we remained that way until 92 when the L.A. race riots happened. The year after that, the Tigers started getting, were really good, and they made it to the World Series. And now all people, black and white, were rooting for the Tigers. 
And when they won, the city didn't, wasn't really divided all that wasn't really divided anymore at that point, but united. United rooting for a sports team. For their Tigers. Honestly, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I've ever heard of at least, because I wasn't around to see that. As you can probably tell, I wasn't around in 68. But it still stands as a story of how sports can help the community, how sports teams can help the communities they play in. And the same thing with the Predators. They're doing a really good thing to help people in need in their own community, and that's something that, I mean, I don't like the Predators at all. I'm a Hawks fan, so I don't really like the Predators at all. I, I hate them with a the passion. But I really respect what they're doing here. I mean, I don't hate the people who play for the Predators. I hate the team because rivalry, but I don't hate the people, the players behind them. I think what they're doing is really good. It's a really great thing that they're doing. They have my full respect. They have my full support, which is more important. And one thing I will say to you guys is I hope you have the people in Nashville in, their, in your prayers. They really, need, they really need the support. They need to know that we're behind them. They need to know that their, that their voices are heard, that they aren't forgotten, that, and that we all support them, that, and that no matter what, that we'll, be, that we'll be just behind them. I already said that, but still. They need to know that. It's important that they know that. And well, sadly for Nashville, now is my time to stop talking all nights about Nashville. I mean, the, the, the city's great. I mean, I've never been in the city. Not the city itself. I'm not talking trash about the city itself. <clears throat> but I will be talking about <clears throat> the, the uh, Predators' recent game. Not, no, 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 not today's game. Not yesterday's game. Today's March 4th, by the way. Not the, not the, third, not the March 3rd game, but the March 2nd game. At home... Against Edmonton. It looked like a somewhat, you know, competent game, competitive game. It was 3-3 three to three after two periods. I remember I was actually recording a podcast while this game was going on. And I, in my last episode, I stopped the podcast right as everything began, you know, to escalate in this game. I'll tell you why it escalated in, like, literally in, like, a second. And, you know... I was following. I wasn't really following this game, but I checked the lap. I, like I closed my laptop, looking at the score of the game. That was gonna be a good game. Then I was like, "What?" When I reopened the, when I reopened the, um, my laptop, it was like a, It was like totally an outlander score. It was so odd. And so, what is this blunder? What is this blunder? Well, let me tell you. Okay, so the game was set three three, right? Edmonton, Nashville. But then, 4.42 into the third, all this is according to NHL.com, by the way, 4.42 into the third period, Connor McDavid scores. All right, you say nothing out of the ordinary there. But then Dreisaitl scores, 5-3, to three, less than a minute later. And then, a little, a little less than two minutes later, another goal, Cassian, 6-3. to three. Dreisaitl scores again, that's his hat-trick goal. 8.28 into the third. 7 to 3. And then a little more than a minute later, Dreisaitl again, his fourth goal of the game. 9.55 into the third. 8 to 3. So this means that within the span of just over five minutes, the Predators let in 
A grand total of five goals. And so, in this game, Pecorine had to face all eight goals. He had like, he led all eight goals. The same guy that everyone was claiming was the coolest new thing because, oh, no, he scored a goalie goal. Oh, my goodness. Ah. Well, guess what? He led eight goals. The worst perform, the, the most led in, in his entire career. A save percentage of point seven four two. That's terrible. He played almost the whole game. He was pulled like right after the eighth goal. I guess eight was too much. You had to, you couldn't pull him in after goal goal six or something. Yusuf Saros, the uh, backup goalie for Nashville. He I guess did okay. He only had to face four shots, but still he. Kind of got a shutout, quote unquote. Although it doesn't really count as a shutout because, you know, the, the eight other goals. Mike Smith for um, Edmonton was a lot better. I mean, not absolutely. I mean, that's nothing you'd call stellar. It's point nine hundred. It's pretty good, but not what you would call stellar. He made 25 saves. We made no, 27 saves. 25 was even strength, my bad. He made 27 saves on 30 shots. Good, pretty good actually, but not all that, but not the best. Still, it was more than enough to, uh, you know, give the Oilers the victory. The 8-3 victory. And let's talk about this Leon Dreisaitl guy. Like, he's, all, he's pretty much like completely unfair. He had five points. Four goals in this, and an assist. An absolute monster of a game for Mr. Dreisaitl. Connor McDavid had five points too, but he had one goal and four assists. <laughs> Imagine getting five points while only scoring one goal. McDavid, more like McGar- McGarbage. <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl's the future of the Oilers. Nah, <laughs> yeah, just kidding. McDavid's a great player. He's absolutely he's a, he's, he's a generational talent. But Dreisaitl is, I guess Dreisaitl just had the better game. I mean, they both had excellent games, but Dreisaitl scored four goals. McDavid only scored one. And to me, goals count more than assists. I mean, they don't count more in terms of point races, but, I mean, goals. Goals. Man, say goals one, if I say goals one more time, I'll probably sound like uh, an Instagrammer. I mean, I already am an Instagrammer. But uh, I'm not the one, I'm not like, I don't say, I don't put goals in, in, in captions and in, like in comments. I don't do that. No disrespect, to those, no disrespect to those who do. I'm just saying I'm not one of them. Uh, other, other players that had an absolute field day were Eugene Hopkins, scored no goals but three assists, had three assists, and Darnell Nurse, who, same thing as, uh, as Eugene Hopkins. Three assists, no goals. But still three points. Kyler and uh, Kyler Yamamoto went one and one. For uh, for two points, and I think he was also one of the stars of the game. Kyler Yamamoto. Yeah, Kyler Yamamoto was the third star, followed by McDavid and Drysaitel. This was this is probably going to go down as one of the was like one of the games of the year. Such a great game. 
at least for Edmonton, for Nashville, a nightmare. But, uh, you know, I still pray for Nashville. I mean, I love seeing them lose, but still, you gotta pray for them now because of the horrible things that have happened in, that, in Tennessee, the tornadoes, it's just awful. Keep them in your prayers once, once again, keep them in your prayers. Well, I guess that's all the time I have for uh, today. All the things I have to say for today, rather. So join me in my next episode where I'll be talking about something else in terms of hockey. And so this has been Yale Colin reminding you to uh, enjoy your roast duck tonight. See you next time.